everybody. Ben Fredrickson here alongside Dave Matter for this week's Eye on the Tigers Mizzou podcast at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. It's going to be a short, quick podcast, Dave, but we kind of felt the need to get on and talk Mizzou hoops. And I don't know if calm the waters is the right word, but uh, we kind of tried to give folks a heads up. You're the first person who said this. You said, you know, as the Tigers went on the road for two games, had to play Texas A&M, Florida before returning home to face Arkansas and Alabama. You kind of said, hey, this is going to be a tough stretch and don't overlook that A&M game. They're long, they rebound well, and they get to the free throw line. And that's exactly how it played out um, down there against the Aggies. Missouri loses 82-64. The Tigers jumped up, got ranked. And now all of a sudden, Dave, that ranking is probably going to be teetering here a little bit after this loss to the Aggies and it's going to get tougher they got to go to Florida next and then back-to-back games at home against Arkansas which they've already lost to followed by Alabama which just beat Arkansas so they're in the grind Um, and we kind of wanted to dig into what are some of the things that are going to be challenging for this Mizzou team Um, should fans be panicking I don't think so but uh, they're going to go through it here the Tigers are a little bit that was a lot but we've got a lot to dig into here. First off, what were your just impressions of the A&M game? Well, I wasn't surprised. I, I thought Missouri would probably lose that game. I thought it'd be maybe a little bit more competitive. But A&M, you know, you don't get fooled by their record. They were 10-5 and five going in, but they've got – they started playing better. You know, Buzz Williams, I think, is a really good coach. He's been working in a couple transfers into that lineup. It seemed like they were going through some growing pains a little bit. But they've kind of hit their stride and they've found their identity. Look, they've got two big men. There's not many teams in America that play two six nine guys who can clean the glass, who can get fouled, and can have an inside presence. And they have two of them. And I thought that made a big difference in that game. They they live at the free throw line. Like they just they they love to absorb contact and get fouls and pile up the fouls, kind of you know dirty up the game, and then capitalize at the free throw line they take as they make as many free throws or take as many as any team in the country and sure enough that's what happened in this game and and I thought that was a bad matchup because Missouri tends to follow a lot and some of that's it's not by design but it's who they are they they're so aggressive on the ball trying to get those steals that they get called for a lot of fouls you can say oh they're kind of ticky-tack fouls but that's who they are that's that's what makes them good when they're good but it can also make them bad when they're when they're not playing as well uh, I thought it was interesting that Dennis Gates, and I kind of led with this in my story, he, he thought when they cut it to four from 21 to four, he should have called a timeout and had them back off defensively and just kind of force AM to miss some shots instead of being so aggressive. And what happened over the next couple minutes, they had eight fouls and they just, AM got back, they, they restored their lead by just going to the free throw line and hitting free throws. That's all they had to do. Uh, and, and we saw, you know, when Missouri doesn't make threes, Man, they struggle on the offensive end, and they really did in this game. They missed 16 in a row. And what's worse is, you know, that is their offense. And Buzz Williams made the point after the game. He had a, he is like a metrics freak. He's got all the breakdowns. He loves this Missouri team. He really likes Dennis Gates. But he, he said, you know, 59% of their three-point attempts come in the first 12 seconds of the shot clock. So he had it all broken down. And uh, – and, Missouri just couldn't shoot. They couldn't shoot their way back close enough, especially after working so hard to get it back down to four. It seems like this team, especially on the road, is going to have to be careful about the fouls because of yeah. that way they play. They just don't get as kind of whistles on the road. That's not blaming the officials. That's how it works. Missouri yeah. gets better whistles at home. I mean, that's just that's just college basketball. 
that's something to to keep an eye on there. You're right. When they don't hit shots, it's going to be hard for them to win. I was impressed with how they cut it in the second half. I mean, not that you're going to take a silver lining of a loss like this, but they they were basically getting taken to the woodshed and you thought, okay, this is going to be, this thing is over. All of a sudden they turned it into a game there. And you're right. It was the, it was an and one play that, that, that kind of settled the Aggies down and got them back in that game and built off obviously of a, of a foul there. What about the rebounding? Cause the, the, the fouling is going to kind of come and go road home, but this key, this team, Dave is getting killed on the boards they're giving up second chance opportunities they're giving up third chance opportunities and they're not going to be a team that goes out and out rebounds the texas a&m they're not going to out rebound you know arkansas or alabama or or some of these teams that has some length a lot of sec teams do they don't have a lot of bigs but they've got to find a way somehow some way to not give up if they're going to give up second chance opportunities they can't give up third and we saw that against a&m where they were scoring at times on their third opportunity after grabbing two offensive rebounds, they what's the answer there? I mean, I know Dennis Gates knows what his team is, and he knows he, they're not going to go all of a sudden become you know the Windex men. They're not going to clean every 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 glass, but they've got to find a way to chip into that margin a little bit because they're just getting crushed there. Yeah, they've got to be better there. Dickie Nutt, assistant coach, he he did the pregame interview. Uh, on the radio and he basically said this is a football game like they need football rebounding they need to box out like crazy because they don't have as much size uh, it's not their strength it's not really their identity so they they have to try to overcome that as best they can and and Gates has made the point in the last couple of weeks listen they can't change who they are they can't get taller uh this point in the season so they have to overcome that deficit in other areas. And number one is the steals. They've, they've got to create more turnovers to give easy opportunities on the offensive end. Uh, and they just have to look for other ways, avoid their own turnovers. Like they can't give, they're already giving away extra possessions or extended possessions with the offensive rebounds they allow. What they can't do then is give the other team more possessions with turnovers. And they started to do that a little bit in the AM game. Um, they just they, they have no margin for error on the offensive end. And that's just kind of who this team is. I mean, they can be tougher. They can be more physical, I think, at times. Uh, but again, that also then you get into the foul trouble issue again. Kobe Brown last couple games now has had some early fouls and he should be their best rebounder, but he can't do it from the bench. I did think it was interesting that Mo Diara got into the game last night, played a season high minutes. He's the big 6'10 junior college transfer. Uh, at times you watch him, you're like, this guy's not physically ready to trade punches in the SEC just yet. He's not strong enough. He likes to kind of almost drift out and play on the perimeter a little bit more. But, you know, I asked Gates after the game, like, did he act, did he really earn this? Or were you just trying to try something here? He's like, no, he, he's practiced really well lately. They got to get him in that rotation. It's just too much size to waste on the bench when you're struggling to rebound like this. So they might have to force that a little bit. Um, but, you know, you, they're really searching for answers at this point. I hope that Aiden Shaw can become a more of an answer there. I mean, he's one of the tallest guys on this team. Now he's not, he's not exactly a guy who can throw his body around. He's pretty willowy, but he can jump out of the gym and you know, he wants to play more. He's gotten a good amount of, of time here, but he wants to increase those minutes. If you're Dennis Gates and that staff say, man, Hey, you start rebounding with authority and you'll play as much as you want to play. Right. I mean, they've, they've got opponents in the SEC that are long and are going to need some sort of size to combat that some. I think he can hopefully be a little bit more of an answer there as the season goes along. Let's look at Florida, Dave. I mean, here's Florida. They had lost four, I think, four of their last five. 
through the first two games of conference. They lost to this A&M team by three at home. And all of a sudden, they've turned around and won back-to-back games. They've beaten Georgia. They've gone on the road and beaten LSU. This is a Florida team coached by Todd Golden, who a lot of people were maybe wondering could be could be a fit for Mizzou in that wave of SEC coaching hires. Dennis Gates in that class, I think there are six new SEC coaches, and he's one of them. What do you make of Florida right now, sitting at nine and seven, two and two in the SEC? Well, they're, they're one of these teams. It's kind of hard to figure out. New coach, new system. They've got some new players in there. I, coincidentally, I'm drinking from my Florida Gators coffee mug this morning. And no favoritism here. I have one from just about every team and just happen to have that one out today. Have you added the Oklahoma and the Texas ones back in, or did you actually have those from your days covering the Big 12? No, I don't I don't have those in the collection. I might have to might have to get those on the first road trip back to Austin or Norman. But um I this is the first time that Gates will be going up against one of the fellow new coaches in the sec there's six of them or six if you count uh white who moved from florida to to uh, georgia is doing a really good job at georgia by the way uh it this shouldn't be a referendum on the hire or anything like that because you know god golden was sort of in the mix a little bit but he took the florida job so early that it was before missouri was really dug in uh into the uh the search um so yeah this will be a, a good test back on the road uh, both these teams kind of scrambling to get into that top tier of the SEC. Uh, Colin Castleton is one of the very best players in the SEC, one of the best big men in the country. I mean, he could have a field day on the boards if he stays out of foul trouble in this game. Uh, interesting, Missouri's net, you know, on Thursday, their net ranking, they dropped 13 spots from 46 to 33 with that loss. Uh, they were sitting, I think Joe Lenardi had Missouri's a sixth seed at the beginning of the week in the NCAA tournament. So, um, you know, you don't, you shouldn't get hurt that much by losing on the road. And I think by the end of the season, the A&M loss will look better. Maybe than it does today because I think A&M is going to end up being maybe not a top four team in the SEC, but right outside. I really like Buzz's team and, and, and what he's put together there with, with some of the transfers. Um, but a, another test on the road and it doesn't let up. Like you said, you get Arkansas and Alabama next week. I think we might've done a little bit of disservice by putting so much emphasis on that five game stretch with Indiana or not Indiana, Illinois and, and Kentucky and Arkansas, this four game stretch is tough too. I mean, that's what the league is. And until you play like an Ole Miss or a South Carolina or Vanderbilt and Missouri just squeaked by Vanderbilt, there's, there's no gimmies in this conference at all. Uh, so yeah, this is, this is tough. I think big picture though, I think it's a good sign that we're sitting here nitpicking about things like too many fouls, um, you know, rebounding offensive rebounding, because this team is still 13 and three. They're still in a good position under a first year coach and a wave of newcomers. Uh, they've kind of raised the standard over a pretty short amount of time. Now that fans are sitting here in, in mid January and worried about NCAA tournament seating. So um, they've got plenty of time to get things back in order, but you just can't take any days off in this conference. Yeah. And we're still figuring out which teams are, are going to live up to their preseason hype or not. Missouri is a team that is exceeding theirs and maybe it's going to level out here a little bit, but still talking about a team being an at-large versus one that we thought would be going into the season. I think I said it, this team would be good if it made the NIT tournament based off of what we, what we knew right. about the team going in. And clearly they're better potentially than that. They've shown that, but you look at some of their biggest wins right now, Illinois has looked dysfunctional at times. They're going through it. 
trying to claw through and, and find their identity in the Big Ten. They had roster upheaval. And Kentucky, Dave, like everybody was high on Kentucky. They look like a mess. I mean, yeah. there are fans showing up to games, you know, at Rupp telling uh, John Calipari to go to Texas. Be careful what you wish for, Kentucky, because, you know, Texas can tell you a thing or two about chasing off a proven coach. He's now leading the way at Tennessee, and they haven't done squat since. So you maybe maybe be careful there at Kentucky, but when things sour there, it can go – quickly so we're kind of finding that you know that that line between preseason hype and actual reality I said it Dave I think when we were chatting earlier this is a a stretch where it's weird to say if if a team that's 13 and two can win two out of the next four games you feel really good but I kind of feel like that's where Missouri is right now two tough road games and then back-to-back just heaters of home games, top 15 opponents. They should have a feel for what they can do better against Arkansas. I don't know if you saw any of that Alabama-Arkansas game last night. It actually happened before Missouri played A&M. Alabama looks like a legitimate Final Four team. I mean, they went into Arkansas where Missouri just lost and took care of the Razorbacks no problem. I mean, they are are good. Um, Nate Oates is going to be pursued by Texas and probably everybody else. And they're trying to build them a new stadium. I mean, they, he's elevated that program to one where it's got to be talked about as one of the top in the country. And they finish off this four-game stretch before the Tigers get, I wouldn't call it a breather, no road game in the SEC is, but before they get to go to Ole Miss. And then they got turnaround play, Iowa State, which yeah. is ranked 14th in the country. So it's more like a six-game six stretch before you get any chance to even kind of say, okay, whew. so where will the Tigers be after that? Well, they're probably not going to be ranked but uh maybe maybe they can be down around the bottom of the pole but that doesn't mean that they can't still be a tournament team i do think fascinating to watch how dennis gates tries to crack this rebounding issue with this team because you're right he can't put them in a he can't put them in a factory and make them you can't put them in the stretching machine and make guys grow a couple inches they're gonna have to be more aggressive they're gonna have to find ways to to you know chip into that and then also you know just take advantage of the opportunities for offense that come off of rebounds because right now they can't get out and run because the other team's getting the ball the whole time so that's something that he's got to try to figure out here but so I don't know if we calmed anybody down Dave but maybe a bit of a reality check I think the Tigers are are going through one on the court and perhaps fans are off it as well yeah and I I, I wrote this in my story and I it's it's hard to compare this team with past Missouri teams because there's so many different players this team was 13 and three, same record two years ago when Conzo Martin had them in the top 10. Uh, they, Nobody they remembers played. that, Dave. That's been forgotten. That's been wiped from the mind. <laughs> All Conzo did was coach terrible basketball, and the team was never good. Those two NCAA tournament appearances were, were flops. They were jokes. They didn't exist. Um, COVID cleared everybody's brain, and no one remembers that. That's this true. is the first time Missouri's been ranked in like decades. Don't you remember? <laughs> That's right. That's right. They've never won at AM. Oh, wait, they won three of their last four before Wednesday. They never beat Kentucky at home either, ever. Oh, wait. No, they did that. Never when they did. Okay. I think I'll they start... won the last time they went to Florida. Remember Drew I'll... Smith had the buzzer beater. I'll stop being sarcastic now. But we remember what happened to that team. They collapsed. Like Jeremiah Tillman went away for a week or so and they never recovered. They lost seven of their final 10. I'm not saying this team is going to do the same because all they, all this, the only similarity is Kobe Brown in the uniforms. That's it. Nothing else. And, uh, but it can happen. It can, it can go quickly. So you can't take anything for granted at this point. 
Florida game is huge. Interestingly, you know, Missouri's not coming home. They're staying on the road. They're going from A&M to Florida and uh, they'll, they'll get plenty of time to prep, you know, classes haven't started yet. They'll be ready for the Gators. No doubt. I'm sure Dennis Gates, he's well aware that Todd Golden was one of the other new hires in the league and somebody that Desiree, you know, was interested in to some degree early and uh, you know, pride's on the line when, when you have matchups like that, all these coaches know each other and, and all of that too. So uh, really, really interesting game Saturday. Yeah. Really fascinating to see where this first class of coaches is going to end up after the season has kind of sorted its way out. And I think it could be very likely that both Florida and Missouri feel like they got two of the more impressive hires made in this cycle. We'll see. We'll see who wins the first, uh, the first battle there. You'll have coverage, Dave, at stltoday.com. You've got a new newsletter out. So if you're looking for more Mizzou coverage, check that out. I've got one there as well that kind of recaps my weekly chat. Go to stltoday.com slash newsletters. You can sign up there just by a click of a button. And we sure do appreciate it. We'll be back next week talking more hoops, maybe digging into some Mizzou football offseason topics. Until then, keep it locked at stltoday.com for all of your Mizzou news. For Dave, I'm Ben. We will talk to you next week. Enjoy the games, everybody.